like it was ooh. I'm feeling lucky, cruising down the riverside, west side of Kentucky. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Zach and Jack Talk Cat Show. I'm Zach. And I'm Jack. We're coming at you with our 15th episode. We will have yet another guest this time. He's actually a Kansas fan, though, uh, so that conversation will get interesting. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited about it. I think that he and I, uh, of course, we you know, go way back, and so we've had a lot of different sports talks. And uh, there are probably some things that maybe, even though they're not like recent, or current events necessarily, um, they need to be said, and from and from a perspective of a person that is not a Kentucky fan. So, I hope everybody uh, enjoys that, and and I'm really looking forward to to recording it with him, and and uh, I th- I think it'll be good. All right, it's that time for headlines. Brought to you by Backyard Chef. Visit their website at backyardgrilling.com. No G in that. All right. Asia cite a recipient of Walter Byers Graduate Scholarship. Tim Couch being inducted into National High School Hall of Fame. Bam Adebayo and Devin Booker to suit up for Team USA in Tokyo Olympics. Mm. Louisville turns up the heat in Reed Shepard recruitment. Supreme Court rejects NCAA's tight limits on athlete benefits and compensation and finally my cat is a thief organ woman puts sign in yard next to neighbor's stolen items okay what's the story on the thing <laughs> oh i don't really know there's a picture and this uh there's a bunch of gloves there's a scarf there's a mask uh I'm, when i say a bunch of gloves i mean there's almost 10 there i believe in the picture and she literally made a sign that just said my cat's a thief please take your items so i guess her cat just goes around the neighborhood stealing items <laughs> what <laughs> it's just, i guess i don't i just don't know what it's like to live in suburban usa like where other people's cats come onto your property and steal your gloves you know i just i don't know i'm sure i sound like old country hick but it's just not something i ever imagined although it it humors me well i pulled into my driveway the other day actually and there was a cat on my uh at my garage basically but i did not catch that one stealing anything it better be glad You know they they really hate lead. Hot lead is something they absolutely <laughs> cannot stand. They hate it. Anyway, we don't condone the killing of any animals. No, we do all. not. That was one hundred percent a joke. Excuse me. No pets. We do I'm condone sorry. the killing of animals, but only in humane ways. That's correct. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our segment of how we will get off topic for the first time on this show. First of many, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. If okay. you came here to hear us stay on topic, I'm sorry to tell you, you're probably going to be really upset. Indeed. Let's get back to topics then, huh? All right, man. So, um, I think I pronounced your name right. Um, Asia Sight. I yeah, you how it's pronounced. I, I mean, you killed it. 
Sounds Good great. Girl. And some of you may not know who she is, but she is a swimmer or was a swimmer for the University of Kentucky. And she made the news recently for this Walter Byers graduate scholarship. I mean, that's probably a foreign language to you guys as well. But like what that scholarship is, is valued at 24000 And it's given to one male athlete and one female athlete um, nationally every year. Pretty dope that she got that. And probably one of the reasons she got that is because she was also named 2020 Woman of the Year in the NCAA. I mean, my goodness, right there, Lord. I mean, talk about national championships. I mean, that's Woman of the Year. That's basically a national championship there, too. Yeah, and um, I'm I'm sorry that it took us this long to get to it. But, uh, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And right. this is a this is a, a perfect example of that, uh, and you're right. She it it is an amazing accomplishment, and 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 one that I don't know. Of course, we'd have to look this up um, with the lack of show prep. We don't have the answer to this. No way. I mean, is she the first one ever, or what? You know, the only one I can think of, and she was pretty recent too. Would be the Sydney McLaughlin that was um, the track star that was an, an, an Olympic gold medalist. You're um, saying she was woman of the year? Or you're saying she could have been? No, I'm saying she could have been. I don't know. She Maybe she was. I have no idea. But e- either way, that's uh, what an amazing accomplishment. And, uh, you know, say what you want to. We all, we all have things we could pick out that we dislike or maybe would change about what Mitch Barnhart has done. But, uh I don't know, man. At this point, it's it's pretty undeniable that that he uh, he has us in a great position at, at almost every level. Absolutely does, even in swimming, like you wouldn't believe. Um, Jack, I did a quick Google search via Wikipedia. I believe she is the first University of Kentucky athlete to be Woman of the Year. Wow, hats off. She- yeah, she could be – she should have been a cat of the day one of these days. I'm saving cat of the day for later this week, guys, for our little Kansas conversation. So look out for that. Okay, a little cat of the day action. I'm sure you'll squeeze that in. All right, moving on, though. Again, shout out to Asia. It's pretty impressive stuff. But Tim Couch, uh, previous – University of Kentucky quarterback, also a Kentucky high school quarterback. I don't, I don't know where they, he was exactly, but now going to the Hall of Fame in high school, that's pretty amazing feat there. Again, someone else that could be a solid cat of the day sometime. Man, I, I'll be honest. I, I'm kind of surprised that we haven't really thought about him before. Or, well, I mean, I can't speak for you, but I haven't really thought about him in that context or really I guess at all since we've been doing the podcast which brings me to another thing I can't believe this is episode 15 either yeah and I know we talked about the other day but uh, just how close we are really to to being back in the swing of power athletics um, falls just around the corner man but anyway uh, Tim Couch <laughs> He, uh, Leslie County came to Hopkinsville, pretty sure. That's that's where he was, Leslie County? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And, uh, and they played a hot town, or maybe we played them in the playoffs. I can't remember. Of course, I was just, you know, a very small child, but we beat them. 
but he he was undeniable, man. I mean, he's uh, in the mid nineties. He set three national career passing records for completion yards and touchdowns. And uh, I mean, you're talking about a guy that had twelve thousand yards mm-hmm. in, in high school. And uh, I haven't seen him. I've seen pictures of him, but they say that he is in good enough shape right now to play. Really? They say he's a stud, man. Like, he's just – of course, he's athletic. I mean, you know, just naturally gifted, but um, he's taking really, really good care of himself. And, that I mean, he's just – Yeah. Basically hasn't aged. Maybe Tim's getting in that gym. Maybe maybe that's how he's how he's staying in shape. I don't know. We're getting way off topic oh, again, but he he's definitely working out. That's a hundred percent fact. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he uh, he's very deserving of that. And um, I, you know, he's a guy that I think of. And of course, we were kids, you know. So most of what I've seen has just been uh, me watching. Old tapes, yeah. uh, old tapes. I sound like <laughs> back in the Stone Age, but you know, old clips on YouTube or whatever. But I mean, he was a stud. You just hate that he didn't have more people around him. Imagine if he was coming through now, was going to be uh, the quarterback under a Mark Stoops team, oh, yeah. where where really all, all of the team around the quarterback is solid. You know, I mean, you know, it's just that would be. Much better. He was also drafted by the Browns, if I do recall correctly. That's correct. Um, most people, when they go there, it's you go ahead and say it's over. That's exactly right. That is virtually a death sentence. <laughs> but hey, don't remember what year it was, but Tim can say that he's been on the front of a Keeneland Makers bottle. That's pretty badass. Mm. They say he was also an excellent basketball player and maybe baseball. I'm sure he we- played anything, everything he wanted. You know. We need to quit talking about him and save him for a cat of the day in the future. Yeah, we've pretty much already done him now with all this talk. But <laughs> anyway, all right. What what's next? Was it Reed next? No, sir. Next Gosh. was our boys. What? I'm just chomping at the bits. Talk about him. Go ahead. Next was our boys Bam Adebayo and Devin Booker, mm. both joining the Team USA later this summer in Tokyo. Pretty dope. There's only cats joining, but. I don't think any other school has two people joining. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I don't know. Uh, so you probably know a little bit more about this than I do. I don't. What is that? Like, I guess you're getting an invitation and then that you mean to tell me there are people that wouldn't do it, that like they would get in, invited and they wouldn't or just. Yeah, or they, uh, I know Chris Paul and Stephen Curry already. They were invited, but declined it this year. Oh, uh, so you think that's more of like a, uh, I need the a break from basketball uh, for my health and for could you be know. that and health mainly for sure. I mean, yeah, uh, a couple Olympic Olympics ago, Paul George had almost one of those Kevin Ware injuries in a freaking oh, USA God, practice. I, I, I forgot about that. I forgot so, about that. I mean, yeah, you just hate to. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome to play for Team USA, but when you're yeah. when you're Chris Paul's age and. Curry, you set this one out, probably. Yeah, that's right. I wasn't really thinking about it like that, so I, I guess that I, I could see that. Yeah. But Booker and Bam, young guns, tearing it up. Bam, unfortunately, him and the Heat did not do what they should have done in the playoffs, but our boy Booker is still doing it, and they play tonight also. 
So um, they could go two and zero. I haven't. Uh, go ahead. Uh, in the Western Conference Finals, amazing. I'm I'm going to go ahead and say, of course, since I, you know, I'm the one that started this. Uh, yeah, even if I right. do say so myself, I think that uh, I was the driving force behind him going out and getting him some help. You know, a big part yeah. of it. <laughs> big part of it. With uh, my connections up in the front office. That's right. I was able to pull a few strings, get him some help out there, and here we are. No, but in all seriousness, um, love those two guys. You know, when I think of two people that were generally always happy during their time at UK, mm-hmm. those are two of them. Now, of course, uh, you, you know, if I was Devin Booker and I had uh, women that were so crazy about me, they want to come up and lick on my car. And, uh, you know, who wouldn't be having a good time? Do you know who his lady is? Uh, I do not. Kendall Jenner. Is that a thing to do with... Uh, Kardashians? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is she to them like a... Uh, she's like she's a, one of the younger sisters, like Kendall and Kylie Jenner. They were Bruce Jenner and uh, whatever, Kim's mom. Oh, they got the same the, mom? No, they have the... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Same shit. Maybe I could be wrong, man. I we're not Kardashian enthusiasts over here. I know their dad is. Uh, well, I guess he's Bruce. A dad still Bruce, Caitlyn Jenner now, but yeah, Bruce yeah. Jenner. I mean, uh, it would have to be the person that father would have yeah. to be Bruce Jenner. That's correct. I, I, now, Caitlyn. I don't know if Kim. What the hell's her mother's name? Uh, please, Chris. we can't talk about it. We cannot talk about them. Please, for the love of God. You're I mean, right. You're right. The people, I, I just, I can only imagine the people <laughs> listening thinking, what on our, of all things to get off on, uh, these people between the six or 10 or 50 of them, how many ever, ever is on the TV show, um, have to have a combined oh. IQ of less than, I don't know, a, a possum or something, but you're right. Okay. Well, let me get back to Booker. Then let me just say one more thing about him. Uh, to today, Stephen A. Smith said, and I quote, I'm saying it on national television. Devin Booker is the next Kobe Bryant. Wow. That's it for him. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Those are shoes to feel right there, but it's awesome that Stephen A. said that. Uh, I can't imagine putting that on somebody, anybody, that to, to to say that they were going to be the next Kobe. To be quite honest, I love Devin Booker, but I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Do you not? I mean, he's the oh, next, yeah, they, he's the next Kobe. What do you mean? He can't be the next Kobe. He's a, nobody is Kobe. I mean, that's yeah, like saying right. he's the next Michael, the next LeBron. Yeah, I agree. It's a little too early to say that, but but, man, but he is a stud, though. We, oh, yeah, that's, that's for sure. Which I know is the point we were all trying to get at, and I'm not trying to downplay that because he really, truly is balling. Yep. But I don't, I don't know, man. I, I I don't know. I don't. I barely know anything about the Clippers, as as we already know. I know virtually nothing about the NBA. But with every game they win, you know, if they can squeeze one out tonight, then. I mean, it's not crazy to think that he could win a finals. No. 
it's not, especially with the Nets out in the East now. You got Bucks or Hawks, so it's. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, sure. That's. Uh... I've also been looking forward to you talking about Reed Shepard. So, what do you want to say there? Well, uh, I think Reed Shepard is baller. He's from yeah. Kentucky. Um, his mother, state. His father, Jeff Shepard, both played at Kentucky. He needs to be in a Kentucky jersey. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're a Kentucky fan, you basically agree with that. He will be, I would say, no matter what recruiting service you go to, he will end up being a top 50 recruit. Um, and Jeff Shepard and Stacy Reed didn't just play at Kentucky. Stacy Reed was good. And Jeff Shepard was also pretty good. Let's not forget that uh, he was on a couple national championship teams Mm -hmm. and uh, I believe was a Final Four MVP. So um, we're not just – Go ahead. How cool would that be if Reed Shepard also comes as a part of two national championships? Oh, man. Well, I mean, then they'd have to make a movie about it. Yes, sir. Um, but I don't. I don't know. This is what I'm getting to here. I don't know if you heard this or not, but uh, on the radio this morning they talked about that uh, Reed Shepard spoke with somebody about um, who'd been recruiting him, and that when they talked about Kentucky, he said that um, Orlando Antigua had basically reached out and said, "Hey, what's up? You know, what's going on?" Well, um, I know that there was a recruiting event or uh, something in the not so distant past and um, Reed Shepard played well and was out there against all these other people that uh, ended up getting offers from Kentucky. And uh, I don't, I don't think it may not been an in-person thing, but um, anyway, he didn't get one. And so on the radio this morning, they were talking about like, well, uh, they're going to have to do better than that. And, don't you think that Kentucky's Kentucky fans are going to lose their mind if we don't get Reed Shepard? And no, it's not a done deal that he's just going to come here like they're going to have to actually recruit him because he's good and will have legitimate options of places to go to play. And uh, they got to talking about Dante Allen and and Cal, and you know we love Cal, but I think that he's gotten to the point where. It's not that he creates a situation where you almost have a lose-lose, but he looks at the situation and knows it's coming and says, well, no, I'm not going to change what I'm going to do to prevent that. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do, and the success that we have will make me not getting this kid okay. And so what I'm saying is, He can reach out to all these top 10 guys. That's great. But we need that kid. I mean, don't forget his only national championship team. He had Darius Miller, who was a Kentucky kid, that he inherited. He did not Mm -hmm. recruit Darius Miller. I don't know, man. I just, I feel like if you don't get Reed Shepard because you didn't recruit him, and I don't mean just like you recruited him like half ass. 
if you didn't try to get him to come here and he goes somewhere else and balls, and if he goes, if that other place is Louisville, yeah, uh, Calipari will have to win a national championship to keep from hearing about it. And even then, he probably will still hear it. Uh, if he, if Reed succeeds, of course, you know, if he doesn't, then everybody's going to say, oh, well, Cal was right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with most of what you're saying there. Uh, by what you just said, though, um, in that scenario, I'll take the national championship over him coming to Kentucky. Um, but also, I just feel, I feel like he needs to be there. Legacy. Yeah. I don't know. I, maybe I didn't articulate that in the best way, but bottom line is he's a great basketball player from the state of Kentucky who's yep. here and had success. And we need to do better than sending him a text message saying, hey, what's up? Time will tell. He's still youngin', so hopefully we'll get after him. We could be talking about Reed Shepard for the next three to five years. For the next three to six years. I mean, if he's a guy that comes to Kentucky and we keep this good staff that we think we're going to be able to recruit with, um, he could be a, a better version of John Hood, you know. Uh, he his family. Well, I not- hope he is. If you're talking this much about wanting him to come to Kentucky, <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess what I meant by that is he could be the guy that's from Kentucky that stays on the team because it's not his meal ticket so to speak, or right. he's not, you know, um, he, he doesn't feel like maybe he has to go and make money immediately. Um, he could end up playing with as many good players or top picks in the draft as, uh, as Hood did. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I'm sure you guys will definitely hear us continue to talk about him some. I guess we're going to segue out of this into the next headline. We're going to discuss that with Mr. John Cessna because that – Affects not only Kentucky, but Kansas and everybody. All right. So let's roll into it. All right, brother. Call him up. Suns lead Clippers 48-47 at the half. All right. Maybe, hey, I want you to give updates at all through the podcast. <laughs> That'd, be awesome. That'd be cool. All right, look, cuz on. Let's do it. All right. Here we are. Week 15. Guest number three, his name is John Cena. I'm sorry, his name is John Ed Cessna. He's a Kansas fan, but hey, we're gonna have some good conversations. John, uh, do I call you John or John Ed? Uh, you can call me either. John okay. Ed, probably your viewers are gonna know me by John Ed. Some of the viewers won't know you, but hey, they're about to get to know you. Um, right. John Ed, where in the world are you from? To why are you a Kansas fan? Yeah, so uh, born in Arkansas, lived there for first four years of my life, uh, moved over to Virginia for about 18 months, didn't stay there long. Then we uh, headed over to Kansas, uh, were there for four years from about kindergarten to fourth grade. I like to think that's when you're kind of picking your own teams and going uh, going the way you want to. Also, similar to Kentucky fans, the late 90s, early 2000s was a good time to be a Kansas fan. Uh, so it was easy to pick Kansas. Uh, 2002, moved to Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Pretty much been here since besides moving off for college and a little bit after college. So uh, it's been a long time being a KU fan in the land of UK. Well, rock chalk, I guess. 
Do you play any Excellent. sports yourself? I did. Played football and, and baseball. Had the pleasure of playing playing football with Jack at Hopkinsville High School uh, where we didn't win too many games, but we had a whole lot of fun. Yeah, that's uh, that's really where where we kind of got started. You want to go back to middle school, actually, is when we first started playing ball together. And uh, John Ed was the quarterback, and I was offensive lineman, so that just – ought to tell you everything you need to know about how our relationship was. Yeah, yeah. If you need to know anything more about that, I I set the school record for concussions. So, (laughs) I don't don't know if that tells you about our relationship. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard of this, Zach, but they do what what you call a lookout block, which is, you know, when your guy gets past you, you yell to the quarterback, look out. And so, so sometimes we would do those, and they work real good, you know. And he tended he tended to say it about that loud too. So that as you can imagine, you know, can't really hear it on the on the game during the game. So, okay. Anyway, just a little side story. A little side story. They're always good. Now it's time to ask you a few random questions, Mister John Ed. Uh, that way, our viewers can get to know you a little bit more. Uh, and, and normally we ask our folks eight questions. Don't know why I picked that originally, but then I thought, oh, wow, we got eight national championships. So that's why. Kansas has five. They're not as good as us. So we're going to just give John Ed five questions here. And I'm going to start it off with the first one. John Ed, who would you rather be, Warren Buffett or Jimmy Buffett? I'm, I'm going to go with Jimmy Buffett. I feel like Jimmy Buffett has a lot more fun and still has plenty of money. Uh, to have fun. That is. That's correct. That's the correct answer. You passed the test. <laughs> well, the second question, really, I, I, I'm personally invested in this because we roomed together in college for a year. We had an apartment <laughs> together for a year, and uh, we we also shared a bathroom. So the the second question is peeing in the shower, yes or no? I think you should have your man card taken if you don't. Oh, wow. I kind of agree with you there, man. Well, there's well, that one. Sound, I mean, you sound like you're just taken aback at that. <laughs> Better go take a piss in the shower real quick so I can get my man card back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Well, I, well, I mean, I, I used to do it some apartment living. same So I got you there too, Jack, but but when I got my own house, I thought I'm not pissing in my shower, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> that really did it for you. Yeah. No, yeah. I ain't pissing in the shower here. New. No. Uh, <laughs> all you old and I'm sorry about it, but not this new one. No. Okay. All right. All right. Well, moving on, John Ed. Question number three. What is something you love that most people hate? Mm. Well, I, I feel like there's there's plenty of answers. Um, but a random thing that comes to mind is black olives. Love black olives. I feel like everybody I talk to is just disgusted by that. I am not a fan. No, so. neither am I. And yes, it's always...
me that he not only eats them, but that he loves them. All right, man. This one's, I mean, it's just the opposite of question number three. Hate that most people love. You know, hate, hate, that's strong. Um, <laughs> I, I would say something I really don't partake in much that a lot of people love is chocolate. I'm not a big fan of chocolate. I'm not a, a huge wow. sweets fan in general. Sweets. Um, but, but chocolate is definitely something that don't really have a, a huge craving for. That I feel like a lot of people do. Wow. So you, you don't like a good candy bar, huh? No, not, I, I, I couldn't tell you. It's probably been six, seven years since I've had a candy bar. Good Lord. All right. Last question. Kind of a two-parter though. Um, give me your favorite movie. That's a sports movie and your favorite non-sports movie. And if you got to give more than one for either option there, that's fine. Man, I I think sports-wise for me, it's got to be the classic. It's got to be Remember the Titans. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan of multiple sports movies, but there's one movie on my Mac that I watch on almost every plane ride, and that's Remember the Titans. Uh, non-sports movie... Man, that's hard for me because I'm more of a, a just like a an action fan. Um, but I would say one of my favorite that comes to mind is Law Abiding Citizen. Oh wow! Okay, Mr. Jamie Fox and Mr. Gerard Butler. That's right. Never Jack, seen, you seen that one. No, I would oh, say. Well, that's uh, that's that's right up your alley, Jack. You would really like that one. Well, I, I may have to watch, add that to the list of movies. If I watch every movie that's been suggested to me in the last two weeks, uh, that I may just have to quit doing everything else in my life and just completely dedicate my life to watching movies. I don't know if you've listened to last week's show yet, John Ed, but Jack realized he's about 20 movies behind in the Marvel Universe. Uh, I don't know that I've seen a single one of them. My God. Thank you. I, John Ed, I have... No idea that this was even a twenty something. I I thought there were like five or six. As a matter of fact, I think my mom actually took one of my brothers and I to see one of them in like three D or something. I fell asleep at the beginning of it. Slept through the whole thing. (laughs) Okay, I guess I should cut this out. (laughs) This is this is pathetic. No, it is not. Yeah, it is, man. I thought this was a hop town thing when you first told me, Jack. And then Big Tuna texted us and couldn't believe that you hadn't seen him. So he he saved the day for you. But now John Ed, too. What the hell? Bro, maybe maybe they're just not that big. You know what I'm saying? Jack, they're some of the biggest selling movies of all time. Okay, well, maybe they are. But there are just, obviously people out there who haven't seen them. Well, well, you guys need to set a day during the week and just watch one every for the next twenty weeks. Okay, I, I want to see that scene where that low key guy gets uh, a <laughs> ass bit or a bit. Low key. <laughs> he gets his ass beat. All right, I'll send you a YouTube clip. We're gonna now get into the big stuff. We're going to take it back to headline number four, which was 
Supreme Court rejects NCAA's tight limits on athlete benefits and compensation. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Pretty big stuff. Man, I'm for it. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, and I'll be honest, part of, my, part of my reason for being for it is I want the NCAA video games to come back. Man, oh, who didn't yes. who didn't love playing those? Like the fact that that we haven't had those since 2014. The kids growing up today is as much video games as they play. They're almost missing out on a piece of their childhood by not getting to play NCAA games with their favorite college players. I, I mean, I know for basket for basketball, it goes even farther back than that, right? You're probably looking at what mid 2000s mm-hmm. is when they quit making those games. But the last NCAA football game was made in. 2014, and uh, some of us uh, that still play that game just have to go update the rosters every year because there's somebody out there creating the new players. But of course, it's it's not the same as as actual the you know the EA Sports teams making making those players. But I, I mean, I'm I'm all for uh, compensation. Uh, I do think that the schools will have to be smart about it. So just to be a little clear about the Supreme Court. Uh, ruling on Monday was to not place limits on education-related benefits. Um, so they can't limit compensation as long as it's tied to education. But there have already been uh, 19 states that have passed laws in the past two years to basically say, screw your rules, NCAA. Um, but those are more so related to third parties. Uh, so can Nike go sponsor a kid? Can Adidas go sponsor a kid? Uh, of now, course, is the Kentucky prom- and Kansas one of those states? Uh, no, I don't believe either one of those states are involved. Kentucky uh, I is not. I, I know Kansas is not. I, I don't have the list of, of schools in front of me, but, uh, but I do know there's 19 of them total. But again, that's I think the, the issue you run into there is it's not it can't be the big brands because what you know what I think you'll run into is you're going to have a, a kid going to UK who Adidas wants to sponsor, but naturally being a Nike school, he can't wear Adidas stuff on the court. Um, And naturally the, the individual colleges are going to, you know, they're going to hold their endorsement deals above anything of the student athlete. So I'd be interested to see how third party uh, third parties try to reach out and, and get involved in that. First off, Yes, to everything you just said. <laughs> yeah. But let me start from the beginning. I agree wholeheartedly that I think the video game sh- it should be enough of a reason if you didn't consider one other thing for this to go. <laughs> now, I, I wanted to butt in on John Ed there, but I didn't. Guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's coming back this year, right? Already, the football one. I don't know. I, I can't speak to to that or against that. I, I'm not 100 sure. I, I know. No I, I mean, I'm, I feel like every year we see like teasers uh, yep. that it's coming out. So a- until it actually does, I don't feel like I'll believe it. I've got yep. good news for you. It's coming. Okay. I remember a tweet, and it is coming. So it, it'll be next year, but it's coming. Okay. Um, and and let me say this too. Uh, when when you hit on all those things, John Ed, about uh, player compensation and how it's tied to education, and um, and then you know the, the devil is really kind of in the details because 
you know, I think as it is right now, there there are no specifics about dollar amounts and things. And like you were talking about, there can be conflicts of interest between schools that are sponsored by a certain entity and then those same people's competitors potentially sponsoring the kids who play at that school. So I think what the Supreme Court has done here is they've actually helped the NCAA in a couple of ways and college basketball. I think, number one, it's probably the right thing to do um, if you're just talking an ethics thing. But the, the, my biggest problem, and I think you two kind of feel this same way, with the NCAA is that I think they have a lack of creativity and a lack of ability to keep the NCAA on not only the cutting edge, but get, making it appealing to people where, where people should say every year, well, I don't want to miss out on being able to play in college basketball. Look at all these opportunities and look at how great this is and the tournament and the exposure and all the fan bases that love their particular school. Um, so I, I, I think, I think part of this is saying to the NCAA, the times are changing and talking about Kentucky and Kansas, not being two of the States that have kind of moved with state legislation. They talked about on Kentucky sports radio that the name image likeness is set to come into effect on July 1st. Well, they said today that our governor potentially will go ahead and basically sign, and I don't know the, the details, but sign an executive order saying, you know, we can do this and operate basically under a grace period until our session is, uh, we're back in session. Uh, and John Ed, I don't know, you know, I would assume that other states will do something similar, but I don't know that. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I would also say that I think some of the, you know, the pushback that you've seen recently on this light, you know, name, image, and likeness is you really are having a, a generation of people coming through now who don't really take because that's the way it is. And that's the way it's been as an answer. Like you really got a group of people that, that ask why, and if it doesn't make sense, aren't worried about challenging the authority it be right. And, and, I think that goes back to making um, making the NCAA evolve. They've, they've gotten comfortable in their seat of, you know, we say what goes and and that is what it is. And I think you're seeing that kind of that that tide kind of change and the NCAA say, well, wait a minute. Hold on. We, we can work with you if we've got to. Yep. Um, and and, and, that, and it's kind of taking that, some of that power away. I think that is the key. It's the if we've got to. Because, see, that's right. another – you're right about the, the generational changes in, in, in the student-athletes' attitudes and, and their outlooks. But if you even peel back another layer, you know, 30 years ago, the NCAA, there, what was the competition? You know, or even, even uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there was, there was no real uh, appetizing – outside of going to Europe route for somebody that was coming out of high school that didn't want to go to college. And so now they've got all these different types of options and, 
the NCAA's basically had a monopoly, and they still kind of do, but they have some competition. So it's a we've got to, like you said. Okay, so I got a question, more so for Mr. Kansas fan here. Um, I don't, I don't know the exactly what's going on with you guys over there, but I believe you're possibly in some a bit of trouble, or we're going to be. Does that change now? Uh, what what's going on with that now? No, I, I don't think you're going to see any of that change uh, just based on what the rules were that were in place, you know, when the violation supposedly happened. I, I do think that Kansas is unique when it comes to the violations in a couple ways. You've got guys like Sean Miller who pretty much was caught on wiretap saying, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll pay whatever it takes to get DeAndre. Well, well hey, uh, before you continue, what exactly was Kansas's violation? Uh, I would have to go look them up to give you exactly, but basically it was tied to the Adidas uh, okay. fraud case, which okay. was that um, players or guardians of players receiving uh, monetary compensation um, as a result, their players coming to Kansas. But again, you, you know, you got guys like Sean Miller who sat out a game. DeAndre Ayton played that night, the night that the news broke on that story. Yeah. Um, and then we've got, you know, UK's buddy Wade down at LSU, who nobody's real sure how he has a job left. Yeah, because um, he's going to make a strong ass offer on somebody. Yeah. So we're, we're all kind of confused about that. But but the reason I say that I, I think that Kansas is kind of unique in it is the two of the main guys that are that are tied up in it from a Kansas perspective. One, you may recognize one, you may not. Uh, Silvio de Sosa, uh, who played at Kansas, now famously known for you know picking up a chair and acting like he was going to hit a Kansas State player at the end of a basketball game. Um, yes. he, he's, <laughs> he, he's tied up in it. But the unique thing about him is, A, if I'm not mistaken, he's actually tied up in it for receiving money to go to Maryland, oh. which he didn't do. So I'm, I'm interested in that because I, I don't think that you've really seen that where they've said, hey, Nike paid this guy to go to this school, but he didn't go to that school. Also, what's unique about his case is the after he came in, he was a, uh, a mid-year enrollee. He came in uh, at Christmas break, played on the Final Four team uh, for Kansas, and then was suspended the next year, was suspended over the summer, um, essentially for this same thing and got a two-year suspension. However, we appealed the suspension, and the NCAA lifted – they basically reversed their decision and lifted it. So I'll be curious to see how you can say, hey, as the NCAA, we suspended you. Upon your appeal, we lifted your suspension. However, now we're going to go back and punish you again for the same thing. I think that – I think you'll have a little trouble in arbitration doing that. Well, the NCAA is going to have trouble, period, because they have no consistency. Every, everything, they never set a precedence and stick to it. Or precedent, excuse me. I mean, it's just like Louisville. You know, the rules are different for different people sometimes. And, you know, North Carolina, think about all these teams that we're talking about to paint it in a broad brush uh, with recruiting violations. North Carolina was making up classes for people. 
yeah, to get credits for bass, and they and they never had a thing done to them, nothing. Oh well, there's nothing we can do about that because they might offer those to other students too. So yeah, yeah and, and I think I think some of the outcome of that, where you know, you say, hey, we can't do anything because it wasn't basketball specific. I think that kind of mindset is also what's going to help Kansas potentially with the second player involved in it for us. And that would be Billy Preston. I don't know if you guys remember that name. Um, yeah, I remember him. Was a highly rated recruit coming out of high school, but never actually played a game at Kansas. So I think that's going to play a big part, right? Similar to had Enos Cantor come into UK and played a game and then was ruled ineligible. You have an issue. However, seeing that Billy Preston never played a game at Kansas, I'm not saying that they won't find a way to penalize Kansas for uh, any wrongdoing or um, I forget how it's phrased, but basically managerial oversight by the coaching staff. But yep. I don't think you see a situation similar to a Louisville, as someone brought up, where they start taking games away. I, I just don't think that you've got enough evidence for that, seeing that, for one, he never played on the team. Uh, and then, you know, Silvio did play, but the NCAA themselves lifted the suspension that they imposed. So I just think that it'll be an interesting case. Now, I mean, we all know that there one of two things is going to happen. Either they're really going to try to drop the hammer um, to make an example, or they're going to they're gonna upkeep their basically image of we won't touch the Blue Bloods. I mean, mm-hmm. in reality, I'm not going to be ignorant to that fact that you know, you bring up North Carolina, right? The fact that it's North Carolina has something to do with that as well, right? If it's Arizona State, uh, they drop the hammer on them. It, of course. Not, you know, it, it has to do it has to do with the blue bloods. We're not ignorant to that. But at the same time, I, I think it'll go I think it'll go one of two ways. And and personally, I think it'll go more along the lines of how long can we kind of stretch this out until some of this stuff becomes legal? And then I hope that it's like Ah, it's not even worth fighting at this point because it doesn't matter anymore. Well, I would just like to interrupt the podcast real quick. A little game break. Uh, we're coming at you Tuesday night. Phoenix Suns are currently up on the LA Clippers, 73 to 67, minute left in the third. I bring this to you also because we mentioned DeAndre Ayton. He's dropped 20 on the Clippers out there. And Murray State's Cameron Payne has dropped 23. Look at them, Suns. Just a little game update. Nice. All right, now back to the podcast. So that was some good conversation there, but let's have a little more fun now. We're going to talk about more Kansas-Kentucky stuff. We're going to hit it off here first with our favorite head-to-head matchups with each other. Uh, Who wants to take this from the top? Willis, I know you got a favorite one, so let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Okay. Well, my personal favorite, we're talking about one that I physically saw in person also, by the way. Um, it was in the state of Indiana um, for the Champions Classic. The year was 2014. And let me tell you something. The final score was 72 to 40, Kentucky Wildcats. Damn! Uh, that was that was fun to see in person, man. I mean, first, I'm, I'm pretty sure we saw Duke lose, and then all the Duke fans left. So, like, my dad and I got to move down to the lower level, too. It was so awesome. Um, so that's like the almost 40 and 0 team too, by the way. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun as hell. And not only that, but my dad and I got on ESPN, like Tiger Woods and his daddy. So that was, it was, it was a good time. My favorite Kentucky, Kansas game. Yeah, that, yeah I'm going to say that one's pretty low on my, on my totem pole. <laughs> yeah, honest. I would say so. Uh, of course, if you're a Kentucky fan, though, that was, that was great. Go ahead, Johnny. Ed, you 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 can go yeah, next. Yeah, well, a, man. Cu- a couple thought a couple thoughts on that one. I was telling somebody uh, just earlier. I was actually having a conversation about this game, uh, and one of the things that stuck out, like the biggest thing about that UK team to me, that I feel like nobody really talks about, is that team had seven sophomores on it, which to most teams wouldn't seem like that big of a deal. But with the amount of turnover that Kentucky usually has, like that's huge. It's uh, like having seven I, seniors at Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, and, and I don't think that can be understated uh, enough to say you know that seven sophomores on that team that was that was a lot of returning talent. Um, and dare I say that the Kansas team was even younger than the UK team that year, and that roster that started for Kansas that game never started another another game together. That starting five. Never started another game together. Which That'll is, do it. Which, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> which is which is nuts to me. Um, if there was any solace in it for me, they still did end up going like twenty-seven and nine or something like that. Won another Big Twelve title. Um, oh yeah, probably probably got beat by some buzzsaw in the NCAA tournament, but uh, nonetheless. We're able to salvage the season, but yeah, that I mean, there's not really much you can do to talk your way out of out of that game. That was that was just rough to watch. But enough about that game. We don't we don't need to dwell on that one. Uh, yeah. So I w- I was also in um, in attendance for one of the head to head matchups. Uh, and to be clear, since Calipari's been there, you know, I think that's kind of what we're focusing on. But I was at the Big 12 SEC Challenge in 2017 at Rupp when Kansas won 79 to 73. Not as impressive from a score standpoint, but we did come to Rupp. I think that's got to account for something. Important for me to note was prior to that game, the loudest indoor sound, the record, the Guinness record for loudest indoor sound was at Allen Fieldhouse. In the two, if I'm not mistaken, the 2012 Kansas Missouri basketball game, which was the last time that those two teams met um, as conference foes before Missouri came to the SEC. At that game in 2017 for the SEC Big 12 Challenge, every commercial break, they attempted to break it. So there'd be a guy walk out on the court, try to get it rocking, and eventually, they did break it. Um, and so then I'm sure Kansas did something similar and the record went back down in Fieldhouse, the next Kansas home game. Just a little fun tidbit for you there. Um, I didn't know that. That's cool that you were there for that. Yeah, and I, I, I was I there. And it was cool to be a part of that. Like, you know, yeah. obviously it, it would have been cool to do it at Allen Fieldhouse, but any basketball fan has to appreciate the arena that is Rupp. Like if if you don't, you know, if you don't appreciate Rupp Arena, just like you don't appreciate, you know, Allen Fieldhouse or, you know, going to see a game on Chapel Hill or, or in Durham or anything like that, then I don't really think you're a, a true college basketball fan. 
I agree. You know, there's it's, just certain places that you have to respect. Have you been to Allen Fieldhouse for a game? I have. I have. I, I got the chance to go uh, just for an early season game. Lord, I don't even remember who we played, like Long Beach State or somebody. My brother and I got to go to that game. Unfortunately, uh, unlike Rupp, Kansas, uh, the Fieldhouse only holds rough, just over 16,000 people. Tickets are a little harder to come by, a little pricier. And naturally, it's a little bit of a haul to get over there. But uh, it's still on my bucket list to get over there for a Kansas-Kansas State game. I need Kansas State to become a little more relevant before that really is fun. But yeah. <laughs> n- nonetheless, it, it's it's on my list to, to get over there. Jack, uh, you got a favorite head-to-head matchup? I do. Um, so I'm actually going to do two here. I didn't think I was going to do this because I hate when people do this, ask somebody to pick one, and they say, oh, I can't pick one. <laughs> if, if you made me pick one, I would probably that it was the 2012 National Championship. Uh, and everybody's going to say, oh, yeah, you picked that because we won a national championship. Yes, that is part of it, of course. Hold up. Do you hear that? I know you're not going to do this to me. Right. Cat of the, the day, cat of the day. Here comes that what? Cat of the day. <laughs> I was hoping you'd save this one for your second choice. There you go, picking two. But so I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Um, cat of the day. This is Mr. Deron Lamb. Now, you're talking about that 2012 national championship win against Kansas Jayhawks. That for the Kentucky Wildcats was Mr. 16 rebounds and six blocks, Anthony Davis. But another big part of that was Mr. Deron Lamb, who went three from six from the three-point line and dropped 22 points on him. Baller. Yep. He was a good player. And yeah, uh, he was a great co- – sorry to interrupt you. He, I mean, he's a great college player. Sadly, didn't pan out in the NBA. I don't know where he is now, but, man, he was an awesome college player. He was, um, and I think that he was a guy – uh, we I kind of touched on this with Alex Poitras. I think he was a lot more talented than he was successful. Yeah. And what I mean, what I mean by that is, I think that lazy. And oh, I think it, I think had it not been for the people like Anthony Davis uh, and Terrence Jones, who never really turned it off, and Michael Kidd Gilchrist that were around him, um, they elevated him. In other words. Yeah. You're right, and that that could be why it didn't pan out in the NBA for him. Yeah. Um, but no, a good cat of the day. Um, and, and I don't. I'm not trying to. Do you have anything else you want to say about Mr. Lamb? Well, I'm just gonna get. Well, he was a lucky one that we got for two years. He he teased that he's gonna come back for that third year, but he didn't. And that could have been a different story if he did. There, you know, well, that next year was. Uh, no, nah, we would have still been terrible. Don't even play that. Oh, that's NIT. <laughs> yeah. But we would have been better with him, probably. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, we would have been better. See. We would have been better if they'd had us on the team, Willis. But my <laughs> God, I mean, what is better than losing in the first round of NIT? That's like saying you're the best shit McDonald's. I mean, that, it's nothing. Touche. Okay. But yeah, I, I, it was cool to have him for two years. It was. Um, uh, he averaged 13 points a game for the Cats. And. John Ed, I know this is cat of the day. Do you want to say anything about him? You know, we prior to the show talking about uh, cats that really just kind of irked me. I, I had him on my list. He was <laughs> he was a guy that 
you know, of course, I, I remember that championship game, obviously, a little differently than you guys do. Um, but naturally, he was one that, uh, you know, it, it felt like every time Kansas made a move in that game, there was a shot made by Lamb. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and which leads you to really remember those guys. Um, Going from from uh, Deron Lamb back to what I was saying about my favorite games, uh, I think I, you know, of course, like I said, it's about us all that stuff and me loving that team and and all that's fine and dandy, but but only really tells part of the story. And the other part of the story, we had played that Kansas team earlier in the. Yep, and that close game. Um, and so we had kind of, in a way, gotten to know them. And I think in the back of our minds, we always kind of thought, you know, we may see them again. And so I think part of the reason that 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 is one of my favorite games is because I had a lot of respect for that Kansas team. You know, I mean, Thomas Robinson was an excellent college basketball player yeah. and, and and because they didn't win the he's not he does I feel like he doesn't really get the respect he does talking about what somebody does in college you know was very impressive right well God, I, sorry if, to interrupt it's not, oh. if it's not for Anthony Davis I mean he's a unanimous player of the year like exactly oh yeah there he there was. is no other choice he was unanimous player of the year if it's not for Anthony Davis which which also goes to tell you or just goes to show how good AD was. And and, and also if you look at that the, those teams they were just both full of excellent college basketball players. Yeah. Really a treat to I, watch. Anyway, go ahead and Willis. I didn't Well, I, I was just gonna say Thomas Robinson, he had freaking eighteen points and seventeen rebounds in that championship game. He he was a freaking stud for sure. And a beast. When I think about players that I thought would be awesome in the NBA, or even f- like for Kansas, he's the number one guy for me. Like, I just couldn't yep. believe his career didn't pan out. I agree. Yeah, uh, well, I think that's a great seb- segue into a topic that I, I know you're you're itching to get to. Well, not really. Well, I basically just said <laughs> what I had to say there. And I feel like Jack has one more game he needs yep. to tell us about. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I thought we were all just talking about one, Willis. I was on page with you. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's what it should be. But okay. we'll, we'll let Jack have his two. I, I won't. I won't stick on this one very long. And I'm not saying that this is like my favorite game. I'm saying that sometimes, and Willis, we've talked about this, like the Florida game that we watched in Panama City. Even if you, you can still really enjoy the game, especially if you're if you're a fan of. Okay. So the game I'm talking about is the one actually the year prior to the one John Ed went to in Washington, and that is when we went to Allen Fieldhouse with Tyler Ulis and Jamal Murray, and we played and went into overtime and ended up losing. And that was the game where it really – I feel like when you watch that, it just – being in Allen Field house and the the students being literally inches from Tyler Eulis trying to inbound the ball that and the EA Sports you remember playing the basketball games and you could get the home field advantage and it would be like <laughs> rank the toughest places to play 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I just I just remember watching that game and thinking, you want to talk about a home court advantage? There it is. You know, you you got your student and and to be honest, I love Rupp Arena, but I I yearn for that fan interact. You know what I mean? That real hands-on almost interaction uh, by the most passionate fans, which are normally your younger fans. That was a game that I, I feel like should be noted. Great game. Excellent. Solid game. I do remember that one. I fell in love with Euless that game and freaking Murray too, man. Those are, man, good times. I'm done. <laughs> okay, enough about the past then. Let's talk about the future, this upcoming season. Um, things are changing with college basketball. Looks like with Coach K and Roy leaving, Kansas and Kentucky are about to be in the loops on all the future freshmen. Uh, we got a few for next season, but also what's huge now is uh, the transfer students. Um, I don't know how it is on Kansas side. John Ed, you can tell us about that, and then we'll we'll feed back with Kentucky. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, uh, Kansas is a little – typically goes about things a little bit different than U.K. We Typically, we'll grab a, a top recruit or two, but um, stay more in the – having guys stay a couple years. Uh, definitely dipped more into the transfer portal, uh, especially with, you know, this new transfer waiver where they're going to allow kids to basically play – transfer and jump around uh, and not have to sit out at all. Um we got a couple of players I, I wish would take advantage of that and maybe jump off the roster, but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if we can count on that. My guy, Mitch Lightfoot's coming back for a sixth year. Uh, it has been confirmed. He already has finished his bachelor's and MBA. Nice. Not real sure what he's, what he's doing now. Well, Perry Ellis Jr. Yeah. Sh- that's Perry Ellis's <laughs> daddy, man. He's, he's making, it, let's be honest, man. If Perry didn't look like he was 45, it wouldn't have been that big a deal. But the dude came out of Wichita looking like he was 35 coming out of high school. He might have been. I don't know. You um, are right. But at the same time, I feel like he was just one of those guys. Uh, they, they just – I feel like they've been there forever. I don't know. Some people are just like that. But Perry, Perry also looked like he'd been there forever, like you said. But yeah, so this year we've we've grabbed a couple couple top transfers. Um, really leading the way was Remy Martin, been the point guard over at Arizona State for three or four years. Obviously, I, I get thrown off because you know everybody got a COVID year in 2020, so it didn't count against their eligibility. Um, yeah. and so that's a that's a big thing for us. One of the things we've really been lacking, or, or I guess lacked this past year, was the guy, right? Like every team, every good team that you go look at has the guy. Like, hey, you need one bucket. Who's the guy? We lacked that. You know, we we went through a stretch where you had Frank Mason, you had Devontae Graham, you had Josh Jackson, who was a great college basketball player. You had guys like Malik Newman who could essentially go get you a bucket at any time. Um, last year we struggled with that, and a, and a lot of it was we tried to move uh, Marcus Garrett, who's defend was defending national uh, defensive player of the year into the point guard role to run the team. And I think he kind of got as much as I love Marcus Garrett, he kind of got exposed for a lack of offensive game. Uh, you yeah, know, we he, had, he we thrived. had some guards get exposed like in last year. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he really <laughs> he thrived when you know you could you had playmakers around him, so you weren't relying on him, and he could just take the other team's best offensive player on defense. But that wasn't the case last year. Uh, speaking of the COVID year, we actually uh, have a transfer from Iowa State. Jalen Coleman lands who was in the 2015 recruiting class. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So he, a <laughs> couple of things there. He started out, I think at DePaul um, and then tr- or, or maybe even somewhere else. And he went through a transfer. So he sat out a year. Then he had a red shirt, which burned another year. Then of course, 2020 COVID. He didn't burn a year there. So he's actually, if I'm not mistaken, he's in like his seventh. So he's in his seventh year. Uh, and I believe this is his last year of eligibility. But again, how <laughs> the the positive, I think there's a positive about the transfer waiver because I have mixed feelings on it. Uh, I think you, you're you turning it into a pro sport by letting kids jump around or, you know, hey, you're not getting the play time you want. So you jump around. But I think there's benefits yeah. to it also because you also don't limit these guys, right? You You got a guy that, was a top player in high school that goes to a big college, is hoping to show out, doesn't get the chance he, he feels like he deserves. If someone else is willing to give him that chance, why hold him back from getting that chance? Um, or just the, the opportunity to move on to a higher profile school, right? So if you're a Remy Martin, you've been the point guard at Arizona State for a while, you've, you've kind of found a name for yourself, but going to a school like Kansas – inevitably you're going to get more exposure. You're going to see better teams. You're going to play in one of the best conferences in the country in the big 12. And, you know, you really get that measuring stick. I do think the negative is you saw some, some uh, headlines initially where mid majors were like, well, we just won't play, you know, early season. We won't play big D one schools. We don't, we don't want those guys to see our best player play against their level of talent and potentially talk them into transferring. Um, I think that's going to go away pretty quick. I don't, I don't think that that's a, a lasting impact because let's be honest, if you're, you know, if you're a mid-major and somebody's willing to pay you half a million dollars to come get beat down at Allen Fieldhouse, the school's not going to let you turn that down. No money, I mean, money talk. I mean, how many times, how many times with Murray state football, did we watch them go get beat up at the beginning of the year? I, I one year we played Florida state when we were in college and, we're like winning at halftime or something like 14 to 10. And then Florida state scored like 70 unanswered in the second half. Yeah. But you get paid, you know, $750,000 or something to go down there and take a beat. And it's, it's worth it. You bring up an interesting point with the money. And and if you're talking about a school uh, like Murray state, their athletic budget can't afford not to. It's not just a oh, we we don't want to leave the money on the. I think they can afford to turn down a deal like that. Speaking um, of Murray State, Cameron Payne currently has twenty nine points. Phoenix Suns hundred, Clippers ninety five. Minute thirty oh. left in the fourth. Oh man, I love it. Um, sorry to interrupt, you, Jack. No, no, I love it. Um, and and I think uh, I think you're right about everything you said. Of course, it needs to be somewhat conditional. You know, I would hate to see a a, a world where a guy comes to college and he plays for a different school uh, all four years. And I think right now it's only a one time deal uh, with P 
penalty of sitting out. So I think that that kind of takes care of that. But is that true? It's a one time deal. Like you can't do it. Like I, I think you- I think it's I think you can do it without having to sit out. Now you can okay, transfer good. wherever. Yeah, uh, I, I I'm just glad to hear that. I thought yeah, I, okay. I think that's right. Um, well, and, and another and thing, also- another thing you run into if you don't limit it is like a pro sport, you start having having people that are fans of players, not necessarily teams. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's exactly. good for college, right? I agree. Um, I, I'm a Joel Embiid fan, not necessarily a 76ers fan. I, I, would, I think that's one thing that separates the love for college sports from pro sports is people are diehard fans about their school and about their team, not necessarily. And, and the players that play there get kind of brought into that tradition. I'll be right back. Paul George has hit a two-point jump shot to go up 103 to 102. Clippers over Suns. Eight no. seconds left in the fourth. No. Well, that's not how we intended that to go. We're running. I know we're running a little short on time, and and we we may have to. Uh, Speaking thank- of time, the Suns have run short on time. Gosh, the damn. Clippers have. Oh my God, I am wrong. Holy shit. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, DeAndre Ayton at the buzzer. 104, 103, sons. Let's ride. Let's ride. Oh, wow. All right. We it, It's probably time this comes to an end, but I'm bringing up one of the most important things we should have been talking about, so who knows how much longer we're about to go here. Um, And maybe we don't get into this a lot here. Maybe we'll bring John Ed back on when the basketball season starts, maybe we'll all go to New York. We'll catch the champions classic games. Maybe we'll see a Kansas dub and a Kentucky dub. We'll see. I hope we don't see many Kansas dubs though, because you guys are four wins away from tying us in all time wins. Yeah. You know, it was this past season was really, um, it was hard to watch as a Kansas fan for multiple reasons. But one of the reasons was you had a prime opportunity to catch up. Uh, in that all-time win column, and you lose some games that are just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> we definitely did that this year too, though. Yeah, that's why you had a prime opportunity. <laughs> yeah, we were getting our teeth kicked in every freaking night. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'll be honest, man. If I, I don't remember the final score, but I think our game was like a five-point game early in the yeah. year, and. I'll be honest, there was multiple times through the year I thank God that we didn't lose that game because how shitty would it feel as a as a Kansas fan to be like, yeah, we had a much better year than Kentucky who only won nine games, but they beat us. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, oh, yeah. A pretty, that's a pretty bad feeling. It was really yeah. all downhill after that for us. Which it really I, did. I'm, that was the game. Well, and, and I felt like that was, you know, obviously as you guys are alluding to, that was a turning point, right? You – there was several games that I felt like because Willis, I, I don't know if you picked up on this as much as Jack did when we were living together, but um, unlike a lot of Louisville fans or Duke fans, I may be a fan. Well, I'm not including Louisville in the Blue Bloods, but I may be a fan of another Blue Blood. But as long as Kansas and Kentucky aren't playing, I just soon see Kentucky win. I, I don't have this deep hatred like some other team fans do. Um, but I felt like there was multiple times throughout the year for Kentucky where they were almost there, right? Who was it? Uh, they, was it Notre Dame? You come back from like 30 down or something mm-hmm. and Sar yeah. misses a, sh- a jumper at the end of the game. 
That's right. That's another game that comes to mind where I'm like, hey, you win that game, and the rest of your season probably looks different. Yep. Because I mean, how much how much does it take out of you? You know, as a coach or as a fan, it's easy to look back and say, guys, you came back from 30 points down or whatever yep. it was and almost won. But you know, as a player, you what you really feel like is I put I, I did what you asked, I gave it 110% and I still lost. Yep. That's I and, feel like when you've got young athletes, that's how they take it. And yep. it's just hard to bounce back from that. It it makes it a mental thing. It was tough to watch, but I mean, it, it just got in their head, man. It, you could tell that they they were just like, man, this is not fun, and and it wasn't fun for them. It wasn't fun for us, and so uh, I hated it for them. And you know, we can get into we could go on and on and on and on about that, but um, you know, I think well, the wins and losses thing is largely built around the extremes. I think the mean of, of our two programs is so similar, uh, meaning that, that we just, we're, we're both successful. And on a, a, a normal year, our records are probably not going to be that much different. That the only way you're really gaining or losing a lot of ground is if one or two or both of the teams have a really, really good year or really bad year. I mean, I, I just, it's really, that's kind of how it is. We, we pushed uh, some ahead some uh, with the Anthony Davis team. And then with the 2015 team, both had 38 wins a piece. Um, and then you, you know, you look at the other end of the spectrum. We have the worst season in the history of you of Kentucky basketball we win nine games and, and you all catch up to us. <laughs> one thing you hit on, right? You've got a 38 and one and a 38 and two season in there, but then you've got a nine and whatever the 15 or 16 and however many you won in the NIT year. If there's something that I can cling on to, it's that, you know, Kansas hasn't missed the, the tournament since 90. We missed one in 88, missed it in 89 due to violations haven't missed it since. Uh, and matter of fact, uh, and matter <laughs> of fact, you can you can count on one hand, if I'm not mistaken, the number of times we've been lower than a three seed. So, you know, and, some some people would say, "Hey, but where's your where's your titles? You got one title in that span, and, and we do." But again, if there if there's one thing, you know, we can count on as Kansas fans for most years, it's death, taxes, and and a Big Twelve championship. So. Which includes winning a lot of games. Yeah. So, Willis, you cut that if you please. But uh, you got to have a glimmer of hope in there. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <sighs> but I got one more uh, Clippers Suns update. It appears Cousins has shoved the shit out of Booker after the game. Oh, that's Kentucky good. on Kentucky right there. That's good. Well, coming to Man, you here you first. <laughs> you, you talk about a guy that – that I wish would have gotten had a little better run in the NBA. I believe Jack and I were living together when the Warriors picked him up for like two million dollars yeah, or something. For nothing. It was like it was something stupid. And we talked about it for days. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. They just picked up DeMarcus Cousins for next to nothing. This is going to be amazing. And then he gets hurt again in the playoff run. Yeah, and doesn't really get to you know showcase 
anything of that he's back to be picked up on a big contract. And, and, when, and I feel like that's kind of been his story ever since. It has. It has. And when, when you come back, John Ed, on the next podcast, um, we'll do the segment of what players we don't want to fight uh, that, were, <laughs> that were Kentucky and Kansas players, and uh, he will easily make the list for all of us. Yeah, yeah, I would say him and T. Rob will they'll they'll be on that list together. Yeah, yeah, I was also thinking T. Rob right right there. As Jack was saying that. <laughs> I'm um, also putting Joel Embiid on there uh, yeah. under the fact that I believe he's he has killed a lion. Yeah, <laughs> rumor has it he he killed a lion to become a man. Uh, but still, the jury's still out on that one. Well, that's gangster shit. If he did, <laughs> well, hey, I think. We've we've done a good job here. Kentucky, Kansas coming together on the podcast. It's gonna be a good basketball year, I hope, for for Kentucky. And uh yeah, sure, Kansas too. But not not enough to catch us in the winds. We, do we got a rivalry here rivalry here now? Maybe we do, maybe we've already had it. I don't know. But this has been a good pod. Thank you for coming on, John Ed. All right, thanks for having me, guys. It's it's been fun. Yeah, John Ed, I, I appreciate you coming on, and and uh, it's been great. And I, I hope everybody that's uh, that's listened to it has enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. And um, like always, Willis, you can probably go through the rate and subscribe and all that. You know. Oh yeah. But, uh, By the way, we have a Twitter account now. Follow us at Zach Jack Talk Cats on Twitter. Please follow us. Also, please subscribe, rate, review, share it with your friends, share it with your parents. Thank you, John Ed. That'll, that'll do it, guys. Go Cats. Thanks, boys. We'll see you. We out of here. Go Cats. That's enough of that, Willis. You've had the one up, man. You know. <laughs> what you talking about, little cousin? Huh?